drama, comedy. Two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy. It was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Life's not like an Agatha Christie novel. It's a lot messier. Welcome to the doghouse. Season 2, Episode 17, Chapter 30, The Noose Titans. Just as the town's mayoral race gets underway, Riverdale High's own student council election heats up. I don't know how to feel about this episode. Well, then maybe we ought to talk about it and we can see how we feel after. What? Let's recap the recap. Okay. Chick killed a dude, Bughead buried a car, Betty can't be around Chick, Fred's pissed at Hiram, Archie's siding with the Lodges, Hermione's running for mayor, so is Fred, Bughead's running for president, Archie and Veronica are also going to run for prez, Claudius and Penny sent Cheryl to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, and Tony's looking for Cheryl. Okay, so I feel like I completely missed the whole Archie is going to be Veronica's running mate. From uh, last episode. Uh, added to, we would have talked about I, it. I know, we would there. have talked about it. Like, how did we miss that? Of course, I, you know, I think we saw, we when we watched the next time on, and we saw the picture of Veronica in the Team Varchi shirt, but for somehow we missed that two-second scene of them on the phone. Are they gaslighting us like they're gaslighting Cheryl? Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. I just feel bad because we didn't talk about it last episode, but okay, so that's happening. All right, so we're in a creepy hallway. Yeah, Cheryl's there. Uh, she's in her little uh, uniform, uh, and she's going to a chapel. And we got some Jughead narration, you know, Welcome to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, home for troubled youth, uh, where a certain Cheryl Blossom finds herself more troubled than usual, with nary a thing to look forward to except for movie nights, during which time Cheryl would imagine what her friends might be doing. Beep, beep. And we get this lovely, this actually kind of genius video. So it's this black and white film, and there's some narration, and we see a locker room, a, a boy's locker room. But in it, we see Moose and Kevin. And, you know, they're, uh, the, the narration is like, seems innocent enough. My, my, what do these seemingly all-American boys have planned? Hey, Frank. Hey, Dick. We're going to the diner for some chocolate phosphates with the girls. You coming? Yeah, and then later we see the two of them walking along Sweetwater River. It's like, here the boys should have turned around and found another activity. Uh, but instead, they succumb. And were ensnared by deviants. <laughs> and Cheryl's watching this, and she's just crying. Like, just straight up crying. I think... That Kevin and Moose are stand-ins in her mind. Oh, yes. No, I totally get that. And that's fine. That was the whole impression that I got. Was like, she's watching this film. Mm -hmm. It would just be a, f a bad 50s educational film made by the sisters and whoever's funding them. Mm -hmm. But in her mind, she's seeing Kevin and Moose. Yeah, I liked it. I think it was a nice way to use Kevin and Moose a little bit more. And I also think that could possibly be some foreshadowing. Uh, maybe. I, You know. So then we cut over to the school auditorium, and Alice is moderating a debate. Hell yeah. 
now, as a quick reminder that this school hall is a PTA-sponsored event. Oh, looks like we have our first question. And so Sweet Pea gets up and is just like, uh, no one's looking out for those of us getting busted in at what's going to change. And Jughead takes a question and is just like, that's our priority. We don't want anyone to feel marginalized. And then Betty cuts in. She goes, uh, me and Jughead are going to represent all students north and south side alike. Okay. Decent response to Sweet Pea being angry and pissy. And they're certainly the right people to be pushing that message. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going to be their platform. Um, Midge gets to talk again. Rumor has it that your parents will soon be on opposite sides of the mayoral election. Won't that negatively affect your working relationship? Okay, what? that's t- such a plant question. When the fuck did she become a political reporter? I don't know. It's Midge. She's she's a MacGuffin. It's Midge MacGuffin. That's who she is. Uh, and Veronica's just like, well, Archie and I adhere to the old maxim that politics are never discussed at the dinner or the cafeteria table, but definitely in bed. Okay, I added that one. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I was like, that's not... Oh, uh, I see what you did there. I made a funny... And Arch, you know, Arch is like, Veronica, Veronica and I are on the same page about everything, including her family's plans for a prison on Southside. Okay, Archie, we all kind of knew that. Everybody knows you're working for Hiram, Archie. Fred and Mary are in the audience, both like, ugh. Well, were they in the audience? I didn't see them. Oh, they cut to them and they both okay. look at each other and eye roll massively. Uh, and, uh, you know, we hear the crowd starts booing and there's a lot of, you know, rhubarb, rhubarb, peas and carrots. And Veronica is just like, okay, in the meantime, however, we're committed to improving the quality of life at Riverdale High, which means more extracurriculars. And Josie pops in. Reggie and I agree, except add the fact that we can and will deliver results. And we're chill, unlike these guys. Nice. That is true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Reggie and Josie are, relatively speaking... The cool ones. They're the chillest of all of all six of them. Right? They're the chillest. They're the most low key. Well, Still. Reggie might not Still. be that low key. So the town hall is ended, and Betty and Jughead are in, in the hallway. And Jughead's like, "Hey, you know, shouldn't we be hobnobbing or something?" And no, Betty we is, have to go before my mom attacks us. She's a heat-seeking missile. You can't keep dodging her forever. Like Alice sees them, and Betty just grabs him and runs down the hall. Uh, but Alice sees FP and starts laying into him. He's like, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself letting my sweet innocent daughter live and sit in that soup can you call a trailer. He sticks his hand up on the wall, gets, gets right close up to her face. Yep. Uh-huh. Which, here's the thing. No self-respecting man, which FP is, would do that to a woman who he does not have a personal relationship with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love, I'm sorry, I love it. But it's so good. You think I'm a fan of this arrangement? You're talking to the guy who's sleeping on a pull-out sofa with his son so your daughter can have his bedroom. You're doing that? Oh, Like, like, oh, I love it. It's she, so good. She's caught way off guard. And all I wrote was kiss, kiss, kiss. Please, make out. Do it in the hallway. Just come on. Look, Alice, take it from a guy whose son chose being homeless over living with his old man. Make things right with her before it's too late. Oh, I love wise old IP. Oh, I figured it out. FP is our wise good parent this season. Last season it was Fred, and now it's FP. Yeah, Fred 
Fred's going through his own shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did get shot in the gut, so. Mm-hmm. Now we get a scene also still at the school with uh, Hiram, Fred, Mary, and Hermione. And uh, Hiram is just kind of like, well, everyone's buzzing about your decision to run against my wife for mayor. And I've lived here my whole life. Never went to New York. Never went to prison. There's no one more qualified than me. Damn, Fred. Yeah, Fred. No, I mean, Fred's not even being rude. He's just saying, look, here's my qualifications. Like, this is what it is. Because Fred Fred has no pomp. Like, he, he's not showboating around. He's not that guy. But he did shove it down Hiram's throat. Well, because Hiram's trying to intimidate him. And Mary's just like, you know, hey, um... We're just, we're waiting on you just finalizing those papers of the separation. And Hermione gets right in Mary's face and is like, uh, yeah, we're just waiting you to sign that NDA. <laughs> that means non-disclosure act, in case you don't know. Uh, see, Hermione's better at this than Hiram is. She really is. She better. is. And we get, you know, a lovely Veronica reference. Oh, mom and dad, no need to turn into Montagues and Capulets just yet. Archie just comes back and is just like, can't we just be a fair fight? No hitting below the belt and everyone sign whatever they need to sign. And they all just kind of like do that whole like, ah, fuck, maybe you're right. Maybe we should be nice. And they give each other the eyeballs. I don't know. So then we cut to the Pembroke and Mr. and Mrs. Lodge has some unexpected guests. The goons are back. Lenny and Carl are here. I want to say Squiggy and Lenny. <laughs> That's what I want to say. It's Squiggy and Lenny. Uh, and, uh, Hiram is just like, um, I-, I would invite you up, but it's late. And the guys are like, um, no, we're going to talk. Uh, Hiram says to, uh, Arthur Adams, age special agent Adams, you know, take Veronica and her money upstairs. Um, and Archie is like, oh, do, do, do you need me? Like, nah, Archie, it's okay. And Archie just watches as they all leave. And he is very suspicious. Suspicious. So now we're at the Andrews house and Mary is in Archie's room and she's just telling him like, look, I got a favor I need to ask you. Your dad's going to uh, announce his mayor run on Friday. It's his campaign is based on promoting a wholesome view of Riverdale. And this is where he raised his family and he needs both you and me to be there. And, uh, you know, that's a very uh, fair and polite plea. So it's a simple request, really. Show up and be by your dad's side. Be be your dad's son. Be again. not a dick. Stop being Hiram's secret love affair. And, you know, Archie's being, you know, a p- why is it dad asking me himself? He's a proud guy, your dad, but I know it would mean the world to him and to me if you showed up for this. And, you know, Archie concedes and says, yeah, mom, of course I'll be there. And I, I feel like he genuinely intends to go. Oh, yeah. In this scene. I, he want he doesn't want to, he, he loves his dad. And I feel like that is his motivating factor for all this, is to protect my dad. I love my dad, and that's why this is happening. I'll tell you exactly when I know this, that, mm-hmm. later yep, on. Yep, I, I think we're going to have the same moment. But first, Alice comes home. Hey, Chick, are you hungry? Do you want to order some pizza? Treasure hunting enthusiast made a shocking discovery. Mom, you need to see what they found. And yeah, Chick is staring at the TV poltergeist style, and we see that the TV on the TV, uh, that they have made a shocking discovery. Authorities are searching for witnesses. Anyone who may have more information is encouraged to contact police immediately. Yeah, that's right. 
They found the fucking car. Yeah, they're dragging the car out of the lake. Um, we cut over to the trailer, and uh, FP and Alice are on the phone yelling at each other. Easy, Alice. You know, turn it on a Channel 8 now. Uh, it is not known yet how or when the car first entered the swamp. Uh, but foul play has been ruled out. Like, And then we just get Alice going, they found it, FP. They found it. Riverdale. There's a lot going on. They have so much shit in an intro. An intro! I love it. Alright, so we're at Pops, and we've got Jughead, Betty, FP, and Alice. And we should have known better. We should have known better. I should have known better. Uh, FP is just like, how could you have known that Junkyard Steve drags the swamp for people's cast off? I li- literally everybody who knows who the fuck Junkyard Steve is would know that shit. Like... Yeah, and... uh, Are we we dumb? And then FP's like, um, shouldn't Chick be here, considering he's the one that brained the guy? Uh, don't worry about Chick. Alice, Alice cut in so fast, Chick didn't kill him. Shady Man, Alice killed Shady Man. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what happened. And I think FP knows, like, he finds out later. He might know later, but... Maybe, or maybe he knows up front. Here's the thing, too. It's really interesting... There's a change in Chick this episode. There is. There's a noticeable shift from him playing fucking head games to uh, he's actually He's scared. not playing head games anymore. The jig is up. Uh-huh. Like, that's what it is, and which is great. Um, and it is for Alice, too. It, yeah. re- it, it is, and I, I like that. And um, I well, well, see that with Alice in her makeup. Betty pipes in, normally I would disagree. Dean and definitely worry about Chick, but he doesn't know anything about the car. Um, when we got to the swamp, we wiped it, wiped the thing clean with fingerprints before we pushed it in. Were you wearing gloves? I think so. What? No, what do you no, mean we you... were. We were one hundred percent. Were they're so bad at lying? Oh, Betty and Chughead. We see Sheriff Keller come in, and <laughs> they all freak the fuck out. And FP is just like, if anybody comes asking questions, we don't know anything. We don't talk to anyone. We act like everything's normal. And Alice, including Betty, you coming home, so you're not nesting with a bunch of serpents. Uh, but he says, like, uh, no, Mom, you know the deal? I'll come home when Chick goes. And Effie's like, okay, everybody be cool. In the likely event that something happens, we batten down the hatches. Until then, life goes on. Nobody goes anywhere near that car. Hey, everybody, you know what everybody be cool is a reference to? What? Pulp Fiction. Oh, well, everybody says that. I don't. Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! Any of you fucking pricks move! And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! It's not only uh, from Pulp Chiction. Pulp Chiction, that's what I was going to say. Pulp Fiction. Oh, boy. We go back to the love shack, also known as the study. <laughs> about last night, Archie. My associates, <laughs> Lenny and Squiggy. About my wife's- last night! <laughs> about last night! I know! Oh, my God! I can't help myself. I'm sorry. Uh, Hiram tells Archie, okay, look, my, my, my goons don't like Hermione running for mayor. And he's like, you know, they see it as an act of hubris that could bring, you know, unwanted attention from the authorities to our businesses. All this leads up to, it's like, you need to keep an eye on Veronica and protect her. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I'm having dinner with them tonight to smooth things over. Archie's like, hey, you know, what if I come? They know me. And, you know, because I was at that poker game. And Hiram just kind of like, well, you know, Andre and Adams will be there. But, you know, you do always make yourself uh, useful. So uh, why not? My old crew from uh, Montreal has gone silent on me. And then they make out. Yeah, pretty much. Not really, but... It's always this weird romantic lighting, so that's why we make those comments. Because it's funny. I, I, I want it to actually randomly happen. I think it'd be pretty great. I want to see it out, t- like a goof of them doing that. Oh, just, that would be so great. I bet that would be great. They get run up in each other's faces and then just quick peck. But, but David, it's time. It's time for our favorite after-school activity. It's Swords and Serpents. Shing! You promised us the war! Jesus. And then you're on stage looking like Buddy Holly. Nice reference. Yeah. Sucking up to the North Side. Uh, yeah, so Sweet Pea's kind of having a hissy fit. Buddy Holly's not the best reference. He didn't really have glasses. Preppy. That's what it is. It's the preppy reference. Anyway, Jughead's trying to hold down a mutiny. Uh, we, we need their votes, Sweet Pea. Uh... It's the only way we can affect any change. Yeah. And Sweet Pea's like, what, you and the Northside Princess? Now, Jughead brings up a point, and this is why he realizes that the student body president is so important. Mm-hmm. They get a seat on the school board. Yeah. That's a... Has that... Does that happen in any community? Because that's a huge fucking deal. It makes sense for, like, small communities. It's true. For a town like Riverdale to have an actual student on the board, yeah. normally I think it would be a like, ceremonial position. Well, but... here they have, like, student representatives. Yeah, but it's but... it's it's a relegated position. Mm-hmm. Under. You're talking, like, a full board seat that has an up or down vote on shit in the town. Uh, Betty decided she's going to stand up. She's like, um, I've helped the serpents in numerous occasions. Um, I helped find the pick and statue head. I got Cheryl to testify in court. So FP, your king, could get early parole. Um, and Sweet Pea's like, yeah, but you did that all for your boyfriend, boyfriend not the serpents. All and- right, take it down, Sweet Pea. Uh, and Sweet Pea's just like, look, it's only a matter of time before she bails on us, just like her mother. Um, it's her legacy. She's an enemy of the serpent state. Oh, come on. Oh. Serpent state. Um, she's always taking shots at us in the register for years. No, blaming us for crimes we didn't commit. Yeah. True. Um, and running with the turncoat's daughter is a slap in the face. And for that reason alone, you're not getting the serpent vote. Yeah. So now this is like a loyalty feud. I mean, so everybody's got to, like, prove their loyalty to somebody here. Oh, it's a penis measuring contest. Oh, for sure. Yes. But, okay, to be fair, though, Sweet Pea has a point. Like, he's got this girlfriend he's running with whose mom is enemy number one to the serpents, and she is not a serpent herself. How is she enemy number one? She's always going after them. That's true. She's If there's anything wrong, it's the serpents! And, you know, and then we come to find out Alice was a serpent. Mm-hmm. So, I, I just can't wait to see her tattoo. It's totally a tramp stamp. There's no way it's not a tramp stamp. Let's settle this once and for all. We're both bulldogs who, like wolves, support the alpha. Yeah, so we're in the locker room, and Reggie has uh, decided that he's going to settle things with uh, Archie. Uh, it's going to be Mantle versus Andrews. Winner gets bulldogs backing. Because they can't split the votes. Yeah, so they're going to arm wrestle. <laughs> And that's what they start doing, and all the boys are cheering. Full and over the top. 
and you'll give up, you're gonna lose, Andrew, same as your dad. And oh, Archie just slams him down and looks him in the face and says, talk about my dad like the, that again next time I break your arm. Fuck yeah, Archie. This is where I was like, there's no fucking way he is on Hiram's side. This is about his dad. Okay, so we're in the gym. And Veronica's like, what do you mean Cheryl's missing? Do you remember how paranoid Cheryl was at her slumber party? Saying that her mom and uncle were out to get her? Well, I think they did something to her. What kind of something? Her mom said they sent her off to some all-girls boarding school in Switzerland. Well, that's easy enough to check. There's only one, Servo Montreux. Veronica just knows this. She would. That is something she would know. Yeah. Um, and she, even Josie's just like, oh, please, if Cheryl was in the Swiss Alps, she'd be posting parka selfie- selfies every hour. Uh, but her social media has been dead for days. Wait, that's a sure sign of foul play. Yeah. And so both girls are like, you know, whatever you need, we're in. Even if we have to storm Thistle House. Cut to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. So Cheryl's in her room and, you know, she's reading and she's sitting on her bed and, you know, we have this sister lady come in. She goes, you know, I, I believe I've deduced what's causing this imbalance in you, Cheryl. And it's like, I've spoken to your mother about your brother Jason and how close you were. So close, in fact, that your Nana would sometimes mix you up. Isn't that right? She would dress you in your brother's clothes and he in yours. Nana's always been half blind, sister. Cataracts. But if there's anything that's affected my psyche, it's the fire hose of abuse directed at me by my mother and my father. You've suffered many traumas, it's true. But that does not excuse your willful behavior. Now you will report to the Undercroft immediately, where you will undergo physical therapy until you're ready to listen. I like this scene because it gives us a little bit more info about Nana Rose. Uh Uh-huh. And it also shows us that Cheryl is not hopeless and she's just not, she's not bought into any of this. I feel so weird about it. So, like, I think the issue they ran into with this whole plot line, Mm -hmm. because I think it's smart, but they're on a major network. Mm -hmm. They can't go as far as they want. This is not a major network. This is a CW. Well, it's not a major network. But it is a broadcast network. It is broadcast. It is. It is. So it's not on cable. It is network it's network TV. It's not premium. It's on a network mm-hmm. station. And because of that, they can't push this narrative as far as they might normally do it on, let's say, a premium cable network. No, no. I think my only problem is they should have, they should have elongated this storyline just a little bit. It it got it got tied up too fast i think we needed one more episode of her in the asylum well and also if you cannot do the heinous physical things on camera Mm -hmm. you need to really dig into her psyche you need to imply or you just need to imply some of them like we need to see her coming back from therapy i mean we see some of it but we needed one more episode it's just, we needed yeah. an episode where we thought, oh no, Cheryl's getting brainwashed, and then we get the whole, no, she's fine. It feels really she's half-assed the way they did it. Well, yeah, this is Riverdale. Okay, so now we go to a stupid, stupid fucking scene. <laughs> These people are not Italian. Should we actually go th- I mean, let's just explain it so we can move past it. The music is so bad. They're in a really cheesy restaurant. You've got Adam's... Uh, Andre and Archie. <laughs> I just put that together. 
They're all A's. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, standing there in their suits with their, you know, their hands crossed in front of them, like, like straight up just goons. With Goomba and Pasta Fajul sitting at the table across from Hiram. So basically, Lenny and Squiggy say, uh, we want to cut. We want 25%. Hiram says, uh, no, I wouldn't be making any money. And the goons say, uh, well, uh, you don't have anybody here to help you. Uh, your Montreal people, uh, they work for us now. So what you going to do about it? You got a two low-level capos and some zit-faced high school kid. And then Archie just is a fucking moron. Mr. Kowalski, Mr. Martin, respectfully, don't underestimate Mr. Lodgermay. I rearranged... Uh, Nick St. Clair's pretty boy face for him. I took care of Papa Poutine after he conspired with you, Lenny. And when some hillbilly threatened Mr. Lodge's daughter at his safe house, I did the same thing to him. So don't think for a second that we're defenseless. They stare at him. And then they laugh at him. Oh, you nearly had us, Red. Consider our offer. In the meantime, we'll be sticking around Riverdale, taking in some of the local flavors. Barf. It's a so bad. Stupid scene. And then, okay, we get to cut to later all of them in the parking lot. And Hiram's like, You were a mad dog in there, Archie. You, you re- do realize that, don't you? It wasn't. Uh, and Archie's like, I wasn't going to let him disrespect you, sir. Not in this town. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, you fire a warning shot like that, you got to be ready to back it up. You understand? <laughs> You're a good boy, Archie. Oh. <gasps> so bad it's so bad like that's the stuff that makes me like want to die well let's get back to the two best characters right now i don't know about that okay so betty is betty and jugged are at the trailer and she's just like what do sweet pea and fangs want from me anyway what will it take for them to accept me do i need to wear plaid do i need to get a leather jacket or a snake tattoo (laughs) and jughead said like to be fair their mother is serpent enemy number one. And meanwhile, the shady man's car is out there somewhere and we have no idea what's going on with it. And so Jughead suggests that, hey, you know, um, normal for us is investigating and doing things we shouldn't be doing. And, you know, pumping our sources for information. But he's like, huh. And cut to them talking to Kevin at Pops. Why do you guys even care about this car? We don't. We care about the environment. And we're writing an article about how people use Swedlow Swamp as a dumping ground. The car is just part of a larger story. Well, according to my dad, it was claimed by its owner this morning. The owner? Who's in Riverdale? Yeah, now they're just trying to figure out who stole it in the first place. Cut to commercial. Cut back from commercial. We're back at the trailer, only this time... Alice and FP are talking to Betty and Jughead. Has shacking up together driven you both completely insane? (laughs) Talking to the sheriff's son about that car you didn't think that was going to raise some red flags? No, Kevin didn't suspect anything. Basically, they figure, like, oh, Chick's here too. And we figure out that, okay, Shady Man's girlfriend, Darla, it was her car. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and so Alice is like, okay, do we need to worry about her? And Chick's like, I don't know. And Betty's just like, well, wow, Chick, have you ever been helpful in any way to anybody? <laughs> just pretty good. And Effie's like, all right, let's just stick to the plan. This doesn't have anything to do with this. You know, the owners got their car back. That's it. Um, and Alice is like, okay, and pack your things, Betty, because this honeymoon is over. Oh, 
fur. You two playing house and running around town like loose cannons is beyond the pale, and I don't want Hal finding out about this. This is the last thing we need is for him to stick his nose in this. She is absolutely right on that one. Absolutely. And Betty's just, Chick says, you know, I'll move out. Uh, I'll get a place, Betty. It's your house, not mine. And I believe him. I do. I think he knows that, like, this is how we protect everybody, because... Whether or not he actually killed him, he's an accomplice, so he's attached to it. Yeah. Um, and I think he gets now, okay, I, I sh- the, the best way to protect myself is probably to go. Well, and also, I think Chick's finally turning around to, these people have done nothing but try to help me. Yeah. I, I, I need to, you know, mm-hmm. try to bury this hatchet. Yeah, and uh, Betty just is like, you know, if Chick's gone, I'll come home. And Alice is like, oh, I'm done with your ultimatums, young lady. You're coming home now. And if you don't back me up with this FP, I will tear apart this trailer with my bare hands. And FP just kind of makes faces like, y'all, this is beyond me. I can't mess with this. I can't stop that woman. All right? Yeah. I tried. It's fair. It's totally fair. I mean, they're teenagers. Like, this is a bit much. Yeah. So we cut to Cheryl doing manual labor. She's moving bags of grain, it looks like, in a barn. Weird nun lady's like, you foolish girl, what have you done? You've stacked the bags in the northeast corner when I specifically told you the northwest. What? No. Start over. Next time, listen. You'll never get better if you don't listen to me. So this is this is the physical therapy that Cheryl's having to do. She's having to do manual labor. They're trying to break her spirit. It's concentration camp work. Pretty much. And now we head over to Thistle House. Now that you've barged your way in, go ahead, girls. You said Cheryl was away at some boarding school. Uh, honestly, I'm not in the habit of explaining myself to schoolgirls. So this is a long conversation where they try to get an explanation out of And Penelope is just like, okay, Cheryl was exhibiting strange behavior, deviant behavior, and we sent her away abroad so that she wouldn't hurt anybody. Um, I know you, you know, you don't have to believe me, but I have something to show you. And she shows the girls the picture that Cheryl drew of Cheryl and Josie. Uh, She's drawn dozens just like it. And the girls are like, I don't understand. Penelope's just like, yeah, but Josie does, don't you? Cheryl was obsessed with you to the point where I was afraid she might hurt you herself or both and so she's just like you know okay if you want to go tell your you know your mom and the sheriff go ahead but then everybody's gonna know all about this what an awful human oh she's horrible and so then we cut to the girls are leaving they're outside and josie's just like look if even a little bit of what mrs blossom said is true that means cheryl threatened me and she sent me a bloody pig's heart so i'm out i'm done didn't happen yeah that's the only picture she drew of Josie, I bet you good I, money. I think that I, I, and I don't know that Cheryl sent the pig's heart. Oh no! That she did all the stuffed animals and stuff, but that is just not what Cheryl would do to somebody who she was having an infatuation with. Yeah. If Josie was being mean and hurtful to Cheryl, which she never was, at least no. we never saw, then I could see Cheryl doing something like that. Because that, that is like, let's be clear, Cheryl's definitely got the capacity to be like that. But we we never got any indication that that was something she did. Sulk all you want, Betty. I'm not. I was actually going to see if you would sign something for me. Okay, so again, we get this other... It's such a stupid, useless scene. There's a lot of forced shit in this episode. 
Yeah, and I think that's why I just didn't know how to feel about it. Because a lot of stuff happens that needed to happen. Yes. Uh, Betty wants Alice to sign a consent form so that Betty can get her serpent tattoo. Um, her response is priceless. You have lousy timing, kiddo. And she's like, you are not getting a tattoo just to prove something to your boyfriend. And Betty is just like, um, I'm practically a serpent anyways. Do and not say that. Uh, don't think I won't find a parlor that will do it. Um, and Chick comes in. He goes, Mom, Betty, I was trying to help. And then this chick walks in and is just like, you must be Alice and you must be Betty. Hi, I'm Darla. Big, dumb chick. Yeah, uh, the chick who's playing Darla, that's Azura Sky. Azura Sky. Um, I knew I recognized her, uh, but she's blonde here. And when I've seen her in the past, she has black hair. She was on an old CW, formerly WB show, called Zoe, Duncan, Jack, and Jane. And she played Jane. And that that show also had Michael Rosenbaum, who went on to play Lex Luthor in Smallville. Also a WB show. And then she was also, she was uh, Sandra Bullock's character's roommate in 28 Days when she's in the rehab. Yeah. I think it's Asia Sky. Uh, whatever. As in the color. I don't know how to say things. This is, we've established this by now. Essentially, her name is Blue Sky. Yes, that's exactly what her name means. Anyway, Jughead's talking to Fred. Archie's coming down his stairs and he's hearing them over uh, uh, talking through some stuff. He's like, what's going on? And Fred's just like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Jughead is here to help me out with what your mom calls my announcement address. Not much for speechifying. <laughs> uh, and Jughead's the best writer I know. Uh, then you need to meet more writers, Mr. Andrews. Yeah, and so Fred says, you know, it's like, it's good stopping by. I'll see you later. And Oh, by the way, your, your mom told me you'll be stopping by at the announcement, right? I appreciate that. Yeah, and Fred said that to Archie, and then Jughead just kind of looks at Archie, and they have eyes. And this is just helps fuel my theory that they are, they're cooking something up, that they have been talking. Yeah, and but Archie also seems legitimately, like, down. Yeah. Oh, Archie is down. Because, well... He's He has to intentionally hurt his father. Yeah, he has to... He has in to, order to make this plan work. Yeah, he does. I'll, I'll ride along with you. I just don't buy it yet. That's fine. That's totally fine. You have no reason to. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just still holding out hope that things are going to turn out good. Anyway, we get maybe the longest monologue from a non-major character in this series. Yeah, we go back over to the Cooper house next door, and you know, Alice is putting down a tea set, and really, what it comes down to is. Darla wasn't surprised that the car was stolen. She was surprised that it showed up in Riverdale. And she was really surprised when Chick called her. Uh And so she just kind of figured that Dwayne, who was the shady man, uh, ran off with some girl and he wasn't going to come back. And she has decided that she's fine with not talking to the sheriff about any of this. If Chick gets her the $10,000, he owes her. Yep. So she's she's blackmailing them. Uh, Betty's just like, you know, we don't have anything to we do. We don't have that kind of money on hand. Alice takes charge. And she's just like, but we can get it for you and then we're done here, right? You'll leave, no questions asked. Zip my mouth and throw away the key. Um, and I was just like, okay, we'll go to the bank and make a withdrawal. Nuh-uh. One uh, of you goes. Okay, so Betty then and... 
Betty's like, um, Mom, the bank doesn't open till nine tomorrow. And Darla's just like, I don't mind waiting. Got any board games? Which we know they do because we've seen Alice and Chick play them. Alice is smart here. Well, yeah, she's getting her out of the house. She's getting Betty out of the house because she's like, if anybody's going to get hurt by this lady, it's going to be me or Chick. Yep. I'm not letting my daughter get sucked into that. Yeah. She knows what's up. (sighs) It's seriously messed up, Ronnie. It's like my dad and I don't even talk anymore. Uh, So they're walking up to the Pembroke after they've been out and... You know, Veronica's like, you know, figure it out. You know, God and Gucci willing, you know. Cheryl's safe wherever she is. Yeah. And so they enter the building and a masked man is beating up Andre. And he's got, you know, he's got the black mask on him. And Archie has his flashbacks to the black hood. Oh, no. Um, And so Archie runs after him. Veronica's like, don't do it. And so Archie, you know, Archie is in pursuit. He runs after him. He tackles the guy. (laughs) And it's Adam's. And he's like, you double-crossing piece of like, And Adams gets up and is just like, tell your girlfriend's father to take the deal. And runs away. Adams is a weird guy. The whole situation is weird. <sighs> so then we, you know, we have more, you know, it's Pembroke in the dining room now. And Hiram's like, so Adams has been turned. God knows how long he's been working against us. And Hermione is fuming. If you think, okay, the maddest we've seen Hiram, Hermione looks that much more seething now. And she's just like, Kowalski and Mar- Martin must have offered him a tidy sum. Uh, yeah, she had Adams working for her. Yeah. She goes, either way, he's made a grave mistake. <laughs> All right. And so Hiram is just like, okay, so it's been made clear I either take the deal or I'm going to suffer the consequences. And with Adams as a turncoat and Andre in the hospital, we're unprotected. I'll keep watching the lobby. Uh, That's a selfless offer, Archie. But alas, a short-term solution to a long-term problem. Uh, We're going to circle the wagons. Hermione, you do all your campaigning from here. Veronica, if you're not at school, you're here. Archie, you escort her. And Archie's just like, sure, but, you know, what's the long-term plan? And Hiram's just like, long-term? Long term, I don't have an... I have no idea. He's losing it. Uh, he's been outplayed. Uh-huh. Uh, and he doesn't know what to do. Uh, which is interesting. It's interesting. It's an interesting predicament for uh-huh. him. We cut back to the Cooper house, and Betty is getting ready to leave, and Alice is just like, it's our joint account, so you shouldn't have any trouble. And Betty's like, okay, and she, as she goes, Darla says, hey, straight to the bank and right back, Blondie. Meth is a hell of a drug. Sweet, sweet math. Three bags of that sweet, sweet, sweet math. That's a new girl reference for some of you. Go watch it every uh, episode. It's so good. It's all on Netflix. Now, uh, Roseanne, you behave yourself while I'm out. You've been fed. You've been to the water closet. You should be set till I come back. Nana Rose is like a fucking dog to them. Now, uh, there are a lot of people who treat elderly family members this way if you have to go hold it uh you can spend the day watching your programs and she turns on bob ross because that's what old people watch except nana and stoners and people who like to take naps that's who that's who watched bob ross bob ross is perfect napping so nana rose waits for penelope to go and then she kind of just like throws herself on the floor yeah and starts crawling and she gets to the phone and it's an old 1920s, you know, how phone with, you know, like the earpiece and the mouthpiece separate. I was like, go, Nana, go. 
Go, Nana Rose. Get and it. So, Get it, Nana Rose. So then we cut to school. On the 14th of July, 1789, a state prison on the east side of Paris, known as the Bastille. <laughs> We're talking about Bastille Day, which is a prison break. It's uh-huh. so great. Yeah. I didn't catch it the first time I watched. Beep. Antoinette Topaz to the principal's office. Antoinette Topaz, please report to the principal's office. So now we know Tony's real name. I figured it was Antonia or, you know, something like that. Antoinette. Antoinette Topaz. Great. It's fine. It's cool. Anyway. Uh, She goes and uh, the secretary's, you know, there's a call for you. She said it was urgent. So she gets on the phone and she's like, hello? She's not far away. Who, Who is this? Cheryl. She's nearby. Nana Rose? Nana Rose, where is she? With the sisters of B. <sighs> and then the line disconnects and we cut back to Thistle House and Claudius has ripped the phone card cord from the wall. And it's like, now whatever do you think you're doing, mother? Go Nana Rose. Go Nana Rose. Nana Rose called fucking Tony. Yeah. She called the school. Nana Rose is a badass. She's amazing. With gypsy blood. Yeah. Gypsy blood. <laughs> Nana Rose has dementia and gypsy blood. Yep. Uh, so we cut to Betty is, you know, she's finishing up at the bang and she gets a phone call and it's, hey mom, I'm just about to head out. No, Elizabeth. There's another one in the house now. What? What are you talking about? That that guy that attacked Chick at the hostel, that manager. Oh my God. I should call somebody. I, should I call someone? I, I don't know. Just, Elizabeth, whatever you do. Do not come home. And we then we see Alice and Chick is like, Mom! And Alice turns off her phone and hides it. Because Darla and Marcel are just teasing with the mouse before they try to eat it. Like, they're fucking with him. Yeah. Hardcore. So now we're back at the gym and Tony is letting Veronica know what's going on. Um, she's like, you know, we got disconnected before she could say too much, but she said Cheryl was nearby and she was with the sisters. The sisters? What sisters? I don't know. Maybe there's a re-education camp called the Sisters? Well, there's a Sisters of Quiet Mercy, but that's more like an orphanage. I don't think they do gay conversion there. Well, who would know for sure? Oh my god, of course! And cut to they're talking to Kevin. And Kevin's like, oh yeah, absolutely, the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, they're one of the few places that still that still does conversion therapy. Off the books. Off, off the books, of course. And Tony's like, what the hell decade is this? Which, uh, agreed. Absolutely. And Kevin, during Prohibition, the sisters ran a distillery in the basement. They used to smuggle booze out to Sweetwater River via a tunnel that still exists today. All right. These are awful, awful nuns. That's pretty kick-ass. That's awesome and makes total sense. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) Veronica's like, wait, there's a tunnel we could get used to get. To Cheryl? Potentially. Gay boys in the program use it to sneak out to hook up with perfectly nice young men like myself in Fox Forest. Yeah. Um, wait, Kevin, can you lead us to the secret gay hookup tunnel? <laughs> and Kevin's like, I can probably find it, but we should go at night. <laughs> I, I, that line just was like, really? Did we have to say that? Yes, but it's kind of adorable when you when you match that with the fact that he was in the gay conversion therapy video. I know. Like, it's it's really quite adorable. Just perfectly nice young men like myself. <laughs> yeah, isn't there a nice gay kid at your school? Yeah, me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's precious. It, it, I, Kevin Keller's my favorite. Uh, back at the Cooper household. 
Why did you come back, Betty? Yeah, so Betty is shown back up, and <laughs> Marcel's yelling at her. He's like, you know, it took more than a week to get that pepper spray out of my eyes. Well, maybe next time, don't attack my brother with a box cutter. <laughs> and she smiles, and then he's just like, mm. All right, so they're just like, okay, you know, you got your money, you can go. And it's like, well, I just got here, and it's so much nicer than Centerville in this house. Like, I get used to it. You said if we gave you the money, you'll leave. And Marcel's like, what, you think you can take take the three of us? Sit down, um, or I'll cut your sister's eyes out. And then, BAM! A bunch of the serpents come in, wielding knives. Jughead's kicked the door in. And Betty's just like, you think you can take all of us? Try it! So Jara's like, you brought backup? Does that mean that you want me to go to the sheriff's and start making a stink? Well, that's your call, but my backup and me... We're friends with the sheriff's son, so whose side do you think he'll pick? And Jughead's just like, you know, the Coopers are one of the most respected families in Riverdale, and you two are just a couple of Centerville thugs. Well, he's also got that crazy Jug voice going. Yeah, he's like dark Jughead. Like, he's looking the way he did when he went after Penelope Peabody. Uh-huh. Penny Peabody. Sorry. Um... And yeah, he's like riled up and Betty's just like very matter of fact, like whatever. Anything that was in your car, the swamp washed away. Else we'd have heard about it by now. So why don't you just grab the money and run? Also, Jughead's talking like his dad. Oh yeah. He's got that swagger on. It's pretty great. It's great. And so they leave. We catch a commercial and we come back and everyone's cleaning up the Cooper house. Sorry about your door, Mrs. Cooper. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, it's just what you say. It's polite. You know, now everything's cooled off. You can go back to being like regular Jughead who loves hamburgers. And Alice just goes, thank you, Jughead. And thank your friends for me. Jughead just thinking, we're serpents. It's what we do. Betty, you've been telling me something I didn't want to hear. And I'm sorry. But Chick, you've put us in danger twice now. So I think that you should do what you said and leave this house. And Chick says, you know, I will. I'll, I'll find a place. Do it quickly because you're not going to spend another night here. I like that. I like that. Good. I, 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 I like that Alice is like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's so hard for her to do too. It is. It hurts. But she's sacrificed her relationship with one child to save another one. Yeah. And she's also already lost one because Polly's gone. Yeah. Uh, okay, now we're back at the Pembroke, and uh, Archie is walking Veronica to the door, and they're they're inside. And oh, I appreciate you escorting me home, but I'm in for the rest of the night. So Archie Kins, you're officially off duty. <laughs> hey Archie, do you have a minute? Yeah, of course, Mister Lodge. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> like, Archie and Hiram spend more time together than Archie and Veronica. I really, genuinely think they have not had sex since they were at the cabin. Oh, the look on her face. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that's like, it's just flipped. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's funny. I would love to, like, that actually be true. I've made my decision, Archie. If I don't let Kowalski and Martin invest in the prison, they'll destroy it and everything I'm trying to build here. These men don't share my ambition to go legitimate. By invest, do you mean you'll pay them a cut for protection? And I won't risk a war, nor my family's safety. Not at this moment. Not when we're defenseless. Excellent point for Myra. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Archie gets a, a phone call. His phone's vibrating. He's like, Mr. Lodge, have you told him that you're agreeing yet? Well, I, I am meeting them for dinner tonight. Why? What are you thinking? And then we get a, we get a close-up of Archie's thinking face. 
That's dangerous. Yeah, he might he might faint. He might die. And then we find out what that phone call was. We cut to a campaign event. Uh, Fred standing outside, and and Mary goes up to him and is just like, um, I think we need to start. Yeah, maybe you're right. I'm sorry, Fred. It's okay, you know he he's busy. I I get it. I'm glad um, you're here though. Yeah, and you know they just kind of make faces at each other, and Fred gets up and announces that he's standing, he's running for mayor, and you know the the crowd is applauding and cheering. Archie disappointed our dad. Our dad was sad. He hurt our dad. Don't ever make our wonderful Luke Perry dad sad. No. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) So we're over at Pops and Archie's meeting with Reggie. We're on opposite sides, Andrews. Why should I help you? At school, we're on opposite sides, yes. But bigger picture, Reggie, where do you stand? With the lodges or against them? I'm against the south side. My dad's for the prison and so am I. Me too. I think it's a future. But somebody from the outside is threatening that and we need to show them that that's not how things go down in Riverdale. Stand with me tonight and the Bulldogs' votes are yours. And Reggie just kind of goes, huh. Which means that here Archie is throwing the election away from his girlfriend and himself. So this is another, like, Archie's thinking a lot bigger than just, like, well, I'm gonna make my girlfriend happy. Like, he's, like, this is another hint to me that he is making bigger decisions. Yeah, but what about Jughead? Just because he throws the votes to Reggie doesn't mean Reggie wins. That's true. I mean... He's banking on Reggie being such a complete asshat that Jughead winds up winning. Well, there's that, too. Uh, Well, I mean, here's the thing. Betty clinches it all. All right, so we cut to the Pembroke, and Tony is waiting in the lobby, and she's got a bag and, like... And her serpent jacket. She's like, she's souped up, and Veronica comes down in a cat suit. She goes, sorry, I had to wait for my parents to do a bed check. <laughs> and, like, her boobs are way on display. A little bit. It's like, this is like... It's a bit much. She looks like a cartoon villain, almost. On the other hand, it's very comic Veronica. Oh, it's totally on, like, on brand. Yeah. It's just, they could have toned down the boobs just a little bit. It was a bit excessive. Anyway, it's movie night for Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl's moving the bags in the barn again, and Sister Woodhouse comes out and says, it's movie night, and clean yourself up, because Cheryl is just covered in sweat and dirt. And the look on her face is like, fuck you. Uh, so now we cut to the woods and Kevin is like, okay, according to my intel, the tunnel that leads from the main residence comes out here. Okay. And it's like, that's our way in then. All right. And Veronica says, if we're not back in 15 minutes, call your dad. <laughs> so then we cut to Cheryl and she is cleaned up. She's showered. She's put on a uniform and she's just sitting in her bed crying. Uh-huh. She's sad. She's trying to hang on to what little bit of herself is there. So now... Veronica and Tony are going through weird corridors and, you know, tunnels. They're going up a ladder and down a ladder. And they've got some really totally 80s music playing in the background. Well, so it starts as 80s music, but then it kicks in. Because I thought this was just cheesy synth music. And then it kicked in more. And I was like, this is actually really good. Good because it was an actual. Started, it was ridiculous. It was, but it's an actual synth band. Yeah. And as it got as it got further into the scene, I was like, wait, wait, this is getting really good. Yeah. No. I actually, like this. This is a good sequence. 
Um, they, you know, they say, okay, we're going to search every damn room until we find her. Okay, now let's split up and we can cover twice as much ground. And we just hear Tony going, Cheryl, Cheryl. And we see Cheryl in the chapel room with the projector going, just crying to herself. And there's cheerleaders on screen, which we assume she's seeing as the river vixens. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then, uh, Tony busts in and she's looking right into the, uh, projector and she goes, Cheryl, Cheryl, are you in here? And Cheryl's like, Tony, we came to rescue you. You did. And so Cheryl rushes to her and they hug really nicely. And then we see in silhouette that they're kissing, which is really, it's really sweet. I, I got choked up a little. I didn't get choked up because I think it happened a little too fast. Well, but it it was really beautifully done, and I'm I'm happy for the character, so it's it's fine. I have no, I have no problems with it. If they had done it any differently, even with a different piece of music, it wouldn't have worked emotionally. But somehow it got pulled off. I didn't see it that way, but that's me. Um, I'm I'm fine. And the kiss was perfect. It as was well. a it was a good kiss. Um, and then Veronica's like, uh, the, there's a bunch of nuns coming. We have to go. Come on. No, this way. Go that way. And they're just running, 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 running. And they finally get to Kevin. And Kevin's like, come on, let's go. And it's like the nuns are just kind of zombie walking towards them. Yes. It's a bit much. <sighs> now we go back to the stupid fucking restaurant. I don't understand. Is he standing us up? Maybe your first message wasn't clear enough. So whatever. It's totally dumb. Uh, the waiter comes up. That was Hiram Lodge calling with his deep regrets. And to say that you should both go outside to check on your car. So they go outside and like, what the hell is this? And the car blows up. <laughs> and then we see a bunch of goons that look like Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sub-Zero. Yeah, this is a message from the Dark Circle. Hiram Lodge doesn't stand alone and Riverdale is protected. You should leave before it's too late. And then there's sirens running and they all run away. They were about to throw down and then the police start showing up. And we know it's Archie. We know it's Archie and the and the all the red circle guys. They call themselves the Dark Circle. Uh-huh. It'll take five fucking seconds for someone to be like, Red Circle? Dark Circle. This is where Archie is dumb. They should they didn't even need to say anything. Unless he's trying to get caught. Maybe. Maybe he's trying to implicate Hiram, because they're all minors. So. Also? Also? Mm-hmm. We must never forget that Hermione was possibly working with the FBI. Um, Just saying. Just saying. Could be happening in there somewhere. We're back to the Andrews house, and Mary's like, you know, before I leave, I don't suppose you could tell me what was so important that you couldn't be there for your dad. Believe me, I had every intention of going. No, you used to worship your father. You used to play music. You, Jughead and Betty, you were inseparable. But I'm looking, you know, and I don't know who you've become. Who are you, Archie? Damn, Mary. Archie, Archie, like, that That hurts Archie. It does. It does. So now I go back to school, and it's swords and serpents. <laughs> or serpents and swords. We keep getting that confused. Anyway. And it's Alice. She's standing in front of all the, the serpent club members, and she says that, um, I asked Jughead to thank you, but I reconsidered because I wanted to do it myself. So thank you for what you did. And I also wanted you to hear it directly from me that I am done attacking and disavowing the South Side. Um, it's where I'm from. And I should be proud of that. And from now on, I will be. And like my daughter, I will fight tooth and nail for it. And while she's saying that last part, we see that Alice has gone to the trailer to visit FP. Uh-huh. And FP just kind of like looks at her and like lets her in. She goes off towards the bedroom. He's got like a, a 
piece of bread or an apple or something. He just chucks it across the room. And shuts the door. And he's uh, got that shit-eating grin on his face. Yes. And I'm like, oh, hell yes. Yes. Yes, 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 Which only means that soon Mrs. Jones and Jellybean are going to show up just to fuck up whatever could be going on there. Me and Mrs. 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 Jones. Mrs. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. So now we're at Pops and Archie's there and he's meeting up Hiram, Hermione and Veronica and he's just like, you got a new car? It's gorgeous. And Hiram's like, it's not for me. It's for you, bud. Oh, God. Uh, Since you're going to be driving our daughter wherever she needs to go, you need this. I'm going to say it officially now. Hiram is desperately in love with this young, beautiful boy. He's, yeah, this is the son he always wanted. That's what it is. Oh, well, no, I was thinking there's romance here. No, but that's, that's what it oh, is. Oh, in our, in our fan fiction, it's totally there. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, and so Archie's just like, yeah, sure. And Veronica's like, I'm going to go start the car. <laughs> she gets in the car. And so then Hiram kind of like leads him over. He's like, now, Archie, last night was a very definition of a short-term solution. I'm fully aware of that. But our enemies will be back and not just for 25%. For everything. We'll be ready for them, sir. Uh, yeah. Get in, lover boy. I'll drive us to school. Be careful. And... <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. Okay, it's kind of... Veronica's being fun, though. That is cute. That is very Veronica and adorable. Like, I'm fine with it, but it's just like, oh, God. She's like, ooh, pretty fast car. Let's go. So now we're over at the doghouse. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Uh, and Cheryl and Tony are sitting on the couch, and Tony's like, you know, so now that you're free, what's your first move going to be? Well, Tony, if revenge is a dish best served cold, my mother and Uncle Claudius better brace themselves for a polar vortex. And then we see Kevin is, like, rattling a vending machine, and, you know, he's, you know, he's getting his stuff. But there's something even more pressing than that. And then, boom, on the vending machine, Cheryl's back, y'all. Yep. Kevin! I hear I'm back just in time for Carrie the Musical, which you're directing. You are, and I'm having auditions this afternoon. Well, as far as the lead role's concerned, cancel them. I'm obviously Riverdale's High's Carrie White. Oh. And this school's gonna burn. <gasps> and Kevin's face in the background is just like, what? Oh, uh, oh, oh shit. What? Oh shit. I didn't have my camera ready. Oh my gosh. And then, Riverdale. Shit, y'all. Shit. Okay, so what's this makeup thing? Because I noticed the makeup at the end with Mm -hmm. FP where she's got the serpent liner and stuff like that. No. In the beginning of the episode, she had her normal, like, makeup on. Right. normal. And then as the episode goes on, and we're talking about Alice here, the eye makeup starts to go away and it softens. Ah, yes. And so then when they're cleaning up after Darla and Marcel have gone, it's almost like she's not wearing makeup. She's got a very neutral face on. And then when she goes to see FP, she's she's got just a little bit of that darker... Um, eyeliner on but it's still not as dark but she's got the she's got the teased rock her hair her hair is not straight anymore it's back to that um waviness to it so it's kind of like alice has finally figured out everything i've been trying to hide from everyone is now out in the open uh-huh. i didn't want anyone to know i was from the south side didn't want anyone to know i was a serpent didn't want anyone to know i had i'd given up a baby for adoption didn't want anyone to know that baby wasn't my husband's that's all gone. She's getting a divorce. 
And so now she's actually like, I need to embrace this. Because it's, you know, Southside isn't all bad. Just please don't go full Gemma Teller. Oh, God, please no. No. But yeah, so that's what I noticed with her makeup. And with Cheryl, again, it was like, she didn't have the makeup at the the place and then when she's back on there with tony um her eye makeup didn't seem as heavy but her lipstick was back on yeah like and that's both her armor but also like she's feeling like herself yeah like her fierce self oh yeah uh so well yeah i believe they set us up for what is going to be the event of the season yeah so we don't get a new episode until april 18th they're taking another break um they've officially finished filming for the season so it's locked in thank god uh so we're gonna have a couple week break and then it'll come back and it'll be the musical episode and then the end of the season and i think i think we've got a preview to watch don't we Yeah, so if you don't want to hear us talk about the next time on preview, you can head out now. Um, But if you do, just wait till after the music. I love it. They're going to do the musical in the 70s style. Uh, the bell bottoms the bell bottoms the girl's hair i've seen one still shot of archie and they have his hair styled very similar to that age of the comics <laughs> so it's, nice. it's great you know we got some of those weird um jughead flashbacks to the 50s style yeah. last season so i i love like okay let's do this one because betty's got her hair flipped out well she had her hair flipped out and it's longer she's got it's like the, it's the, it's the fair wa- waves uh-huh. yeah that's great uh i love the look of it someone's totally gonna die ah black hoods come back yeah so i think it is a musical episode but it's also gonna be dark i love it i mean it's perfect and and jughead and kevin are on to something well jughead's doing uh cole sprouse as the actor has made it very clear that he refuses to sing he's not he's not doing it he has said i made it all the way through a disney contract without once having to do a musical so his character specifically will not be singing <laughs> he's doing a documentary of the making of their musical but it appears that this documentary is going to take a completely different turn about halfway through oh yeah so it's great um i like that we're gonna get a little more betty veronica feuding yeah, that's a, that was always a little bit fun in the comic books. Well, they're they've got to have a showdown at some point now. Yeah, a, a more substantial one. The one we've had before was a little like, eh, whatever. Uh, so yeah. Anything other special? We go straight to the end of the season after this hiatus. Thank God. So that's five episodes. And, and then it's just going to be kind of a wait and see prospect, right? Well, I bet you by the time we get to the final episode, we'll know what season three is going to be. Oh yeah, and, I, like, and I'm not I'm not concerned that they're not going to renew for the season. No, they'd be. Stupid. I'm more I'm more concerned in how are they going to structure this third season. It depends on what they go out on. Um, I really like the idea that taking down Sisters of Quiet Mercy. That yeah. whole thing, especially since that's not only where we got some of the bullshit with Chick, but that's where the Black Hood came from. Yeah. So that that would make a lot of sense to be uh, a reason to do some investigating and have a different bad guy and sinister presence. That feels a little true detective, honestly. But that's okay. You know? Feels like it might be headed in that direction. I'm okay. The first season of True Detective is amazing. Dude, if they want to go full gothic horror with some of that stuff... Like, that was the best parts of True Detective, honestly. 
Well, they just had a they had a much more planned out uh arc for the whole season. Yes. And that's good. And you know, that's why season 1 of the show was so great cuz it felt very tight. And you know, just the first 9 episodes of the season, you know, even though it, some of it really meandered. Did, meandered. It it was a lot tighter than all of this nonsense and some of that comes from all of these breaks, but yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with season 3. I know we had reservations about this episode specifically. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that certain things felt like completely out of nowhere and bludgeoned over the head and forced into mm-hmm. the story. But what I will say is that this arc sets up a five-episode run here mm-hmm. that if they do it right, yeah. would get us back to that place. True. And and I you know, I'm going to I'm going to keep hammering this home. I think once this is all available for people to binge watch and we watch it all back to back to back without breaks, it'll flow better. Yeah. It'll feel better. In 22 episodes, there's going to be a couple duds. It's just the way it is on TV. Um, but I, I think it'll it'll feel more consistent. Cohesive. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm excited. I just don't want to wait three weeks. No. I want to wait one week. I like my one a week. That's a perfect serving of Riverdale. Heck yeah. All right. Hashtag go Bulldogs. Take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes, and for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.